Welcome everyone, and thank you for being here today for this episode of SCRS Talks. Today, I have the distinct honor of interviewing Sarah Tweedy, Vice President, Clinical Operations Head of Vaccines, and Liz Rogers, Vice President and Head of Global Site and Study Operations, both with Pfizer, as we talk about Clinical Trials Day and what that means to an organization who really spearheaded the development of COVID-19 vaccines in the United States and, and really ran their trials globally to make this possible. Um, we're again honored to have the two of them here as we talk through uh, really what Clinical Trials Day means to the two of them and some exciting things that they see for the future um, of clinical research. So with that, uh, Sarah and Liz, thank you both so much for being here. We really, really appreciate your time today and uh, are excited to hear what you have to say about Clinical Trials Day and the future of clinical research. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, my name is Jimmy Bechtel and I'm SCRS's Vice President of Site Engagement. And with that, we will go ahead and get started with the interview. So uh, Liz and Sarah, how, how is Pfizer celebrating Clinical Trials Day this year? Well, we, we always take the opportunity to recognize clinical trial professionals on, on this day. And this year, we'll be reaching out again to, to express our gratitude to our investigator sites and, and staff globally. But this year is, is special, right? And we, we want to thank and, and recognize all of our sites for their tremendous efforts and, and perseverance. There were some real heroic efforts um, on behalf of the sites last year that participated in the COVID vaccine study. But actually, the, the vast majority of our sites continued to work very hard throughout the entire year, continuing research across all of our therapy areas. And I mean, clearly, it was a really, really challenging year when much of life and everything else was was on pause. So, you know, during lockdowns and, you know, every every city, every country was under different um, restrictions. Um, but I think what's really key is how our sites really recognised that that patients needs didn't go away and and that re research needed to to go on and you know they were really supporting the the participants that were already involved in in studies as, as well as continuing to to look for for new participants in in our trials so and you know i have to say it's it's great to see that so much about clinical research and, and clinical trials in the media these days and and the importance of this work so you know, that's that's really exciting as well. And, and our site should be very, very proud of, of the work they do. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? I mean, we are. We're so proud of the work that we're doing at Pfizer. And it's all it's all a partnership. It's all based on those investigator sites, global invest, you know, a global footprint of investigator sites, because, you know, so there's all there's a lot that we talk about and often talk about in terms of driving and advancing the science. You know, we're conducting the trials, we're gathering the data um, and that's all, you know, all work that we do with our site staff and, and, and you know, um, and, and great partnership with them. But also when you get down to the site level, every single site is really embedded and dedicated to their local communities and the way that they interact with their local communities, the way that they start to bring them in and raise the understanding and awareness of clinical research is really important. So this is an opportunity for us to also celebrate that. 
And then, of course, there are all of our colleagues um, at Pfizer who dedicate themselves and their work, you know, their careers to, um, to, to clinical trials. And so we're also doing some stuff internally to, to celebrate. So our chief development officer, Rod McKenzie, has um, started something this morning, inviting everyone to take a selfie and post it um, on our, on our um, in some of our media spaces. Our, um, our kind of hashtag of science doesn't stop with hashtag CTD2021. So he started that this morning and it's just a way for us to sort of engage internally as well as with our, with our external partners to really kind of stop and recognize and celebrate this day. Because as Liz said, we've done so much, so much has happened over this last year. It's been the biggest challenge any of us have ever had to rise to. And it's, a good, it's good to sort of stop and take a minute to celebrate. Absolutely. And I, I continue to commend uh, you and both of your teams in the tremendous effort that they also must have had to put forward in the challenges and, and adversity they worked through uh, amidst uh, what everyone else was going through with COVID-19. And, and you, raise, uh, you raise a good point, um, Liz, in, in your earlier comments around how it's not just we focus so much on COVID-19 trials, right? But it's all the rest of the trials and the rest of the sites that were still participating in Pfizer's research that are equally as equally important in those patients and their, and their journey through um, what they had to do here. So it's it's awesome to hear such an integrated approach to how you um, how you did that and what you all are doing to celebrate Clinical Trials Day. And you both touched on this a little bit um, and I, I guess teased it uh, for us. But can you tell me a little bit about Pfizer's journey through COVID-19 and some of the some of the specifics on how you all got through um, this this tremendous challenge to our industry. Yes, absolutely. Well, and it's it's interesting, of course, because we've got a large group in China and um, particularly in, in Wuhan, we have a number of staff. So when the COVID outbreak started, our, our first concern was actually focused on China and, and business continuity of, of our trials running in China and for our staff, particularly those um, our, our CSTAs in, in Wuhan. So that was, that was our first sort of focus. But then obviously as COVID started to sort of bleed and expand beyond um, China, we, because I think we were so involved and thinking about that business continuity for China. We, we, were, we were ahead of the game in thinking, what if, what happens when, what do we need to do next? So, I mean, we initially started with an overall assessment of our portfolio and how we could maintain the safety of our participants worldwide. Um, we looked into all the logistics, how we could make, maintain in supply chains, how we could get therapies direct to patients if, if sites or cities were in lockdown and unable to travel to sites. So, you know, we, we had a really holistic approach um, to, to what we needed to do. And we actually made the decision to pause recruitment for a few weeks for the majority of our studies to really help try to relieve the burden on our sites, knowing that many, many site staff were actually being called to serve into their local communities to actually deal with um, the burdens of, of COVID that were presenting at, at that time. We also reviewed our protocols and, and put emergency measures in, in place to allow for greater flexibility around participant visits. So 
for the studies that you know we didn't we didn't stop patients continuing in our trials we we paused new recruitment into our trials but we obviously needed to take care of all of those ongoing participants in in our trials so we really took the opportunity to to see what we could do in terms of our protocols to put additional safety measures in place that we could maintain the, the, the safety of those um, participants. And, you know, we looked at telehealth, we, we took advantages of telehealth, we, we looked at home visits and we, we put some home visits in place for certain trials. And all of this was putting the safety of our participants and, and site staff first, really. Um, and then we also did other things like we expanded our virtual monitoring capabilities and the ability for us to work with our sites in a in a more remote fashion. And of course, we also spent a lot of time developing a vaccine, um, but also working on anti-viral therapeutic options too. But Sarah, perhaps perhaps you can talk more about the amazing work that that went into the the vaccine study. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so the, I mean, I think the COVID vaccine program was the ultimate challenge. If you go back to early 2020, as Liz said, we were really focused on our colleagues and, um, and our portfolio, which was an incredibly full portfolio of work. And we were trying to navigate how to conduct those trials safely in a COVID environment. And then on top of that, we were asked to attempt what initially felt like mission impossible. We've gone on to coin it mission possible but it was essentially to develop a vaccine safely with really robust quality. You know, that was that was kind of the cornerstone of everything we did. But also in a time frame that was just so different to anything that we've ever been able to achieve before. So, you know, I have to say for me personally, it was just this remarkable reminder of how incredibly talented the colleagues at Pfizer are, how incredibly talented and dedicated our partners um, at sites and, and, and at the, our partner vendor organizations are. Um, you know, it was really this kind of all hands on deck, how do we solve for this approach? Everybody just rolled up their sleeves, absolutely dedicated themselves um, in a way that, you know, kind of above and beyond in every single way. Every day, folks brought their A game. They were working hard. They were working long hours. Our sites recognized that there was great opportunity in having weekend, um, weekend visits and evening visits. And they just stepped up and did it. You know, we had this kind of constant feedback mechanism with our sites, which really enabled us to have us to truly have a finger on the pulse, so that we could, in real time, recognize if something wasn't working and adjust. Um, and it, you know, that was because we were getting feedbacks from our sites. They were telling us what what was good, what was bad, and and you know, we were able to sort of solve for it. So it was just an incredible journey, really helped us to understand how, you know, kind of learn and test and understand how to navigate research in, in um, you know, in the COVID world, but also ultimately enabled us to deliver that mission impossible um, to deliver that vaccine. But all of that, you know, we touched on a little bit as we've talked already today. Um, you know, we were working in an incredibly different environment. Every single one of us had our lives turned upside down in 2020. Um, and so not only, you know, we recognized that not only were we trying to develop something, um, you know, develop, develop something in an unprecedented fashion, 
But those individuals, every person who was dedicating themselves and their time to this was also trying to navigate their own new normal, you know, homeschooling children, trying to figure out how to buy groceries, you know, the kind of the, the, the toilet paper joke. Um, you know, we were trying to do all of those things. And so we recognized we needed to make sure that the work environment for our colleagues, for our staff, for us, you know, for all of the, our team, including, you know, the folks that are, are at site, how do we, how did we kind of could we work in a way that was was recognizing that our personal lives were also sort of, um, as I say, had gone through a fair amount of upheaval. So we looked at, you know, different ways to communicate, ways to support more uh, more flexible working practices, recognizing that every individual needs, um, you know, kind of needs their quote unquote cup filled in a different way. And so we've spent a lot of time over the year trying to figure out how we do that for our, you know, for our colleagues, for, for everybody that we work with, as well as really progressing um, a very complicated portfolio that included, you know, a little old vaccine to, to, to protect us against COVID-19. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly right. And I, uh, Liz and Sarah, I don't know if you know this or how intimately aware you might be about this, but uh, Pfizer is a regular win, uh, recipient of the SCRS Eagle Award. And it's because of those, it, it, it's the Eagle, of, um, Eagle Award around being the sponsor of choice for as voted on and by the clinical research sites. Uh, so, and it's, it's that dedication to those open lines of communication that you, you talked a little bit about, Sarah, and, and how you all enable those. And, and really, that's the desire of the sites, is to have those open lines of communication, for that communication to be honest, open, and constant with our sponsor partners. And that's, that's really what sets companies like you above the rest and, and earns you awards like the Eagle Award. So it, it's great to hear how um, COVID in an really may have presented itself as an opportunity where that might have fallen by the wayside. Um, because we've seen a lot of companies really internalize a lot of the work that they do to try to, you know, bootstrap and buckle down to try to make, um, make change and, and get through this. But instead, it's great to hear that you all took a, a vastly different approach and almost um, took your your openness and those those communication lines and um, really ramped them up even as a result of COVID-19. So that's fantastic to hear um, and really encouraging as, as a, a maybe a, a takeaway from this talk for our other sponsor and CRO partners on the line as, as something to look forward to doing um, and enabling within their organizations. Um, definitely, I would argue, and I'm sure you two would do the same um, as something that enabled your ability to get a vaccine to market um, as rapidly as you all did. And, and I want to ask then, what does clinical research uh, and working in clinical research mean to the two of you? Well, <laughs> so for me, I mean, it's it's always been about the people. It's been working in a global environment. It's it's working with science, all of all of those things. And I guess this past year was just an unbelievable experience and a, a culmination of what felt like for me my entire career building to serve for that very moment um, and I feel so very 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 Pfizer proud and so privileged to work for Pfizer but to work in the field that I 
working and to to have been able to really make a difference um and i i couldn't be prouder of of my organization of, of my group particularly um global sites and study operations because we were at the forefront of that working with with our sites every day um supporting them helping them through the whole covid situation and and driving that um really 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 large really 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 fast really exciting vaccine study that um sarah just just spoke to um so you know what does working in clinical research mean to me it's it it means so much and it's it's just been so great to actually give something back um to a career that's given me so much yeah, it's true. Liz's organisation really was, as she said, on the front lines, on the forefront, just doing incredible work. Um, and I think, you know, a lot for I think for all, for a lot of us in the same in the same field, it's it's been very similar to what Liz said. You know, it's almost like um, we talk a lot about this having been, you know, a moment that we'll always remember. We'll always look back on 2020. There were some awful things from a from a career perspective. It was an incredible opportunity to to really make a difference. Um, and so I think for me, clinical research does mean that it means bringing hope to patients. Um, you know, we uh, from a public health perspective, working in vaccines, which is my area of focus, there is an opportunity to make a huge difference in a lot of ways. 2020 really was an amplified version of that, you know, the opportunity to, to, to really spend our daily, you know, our day to day working towards a goal that was going to re was was really going to make a difference to you know everybody's lives in, in some way um, and and you know so that hope was important I have to say though for me clinical research is also about it's about the big public health pieces it's about the the difference we can make down to the individual level as well and the hope that we can bring I have a child with a rare disease and it's you know it's incredibly rare she's the only child in our county in our you know in our part of the state with this disease but, um, but there are incredible women, men and women out there who have developed a solution for her. And so she continues to thrive and grow because of the work that they did. Um, and their work is going to impact, you know, a very small part of the, you know, sort of part of the population. But it's just so important speaking as, you know, the parents of an individual who really, um, who really benefits from it. So, you know, it, for every day we come to work and we're able to contribute to making that difference to the individuals, you know, on the small scale or on the large scale. And I think that's, you know, that's really what it's about. It's those personal connections that we, so many of us have in clinical research that really do power a lot of the work that we do. So it's it's so refreshing, Sarah, to hear, um, you know, continued stories around that. It's also really refreshing um, for me to hear you both talk about how the site is, a site and the patients are really truly at the center of of what we're doing here and how you that's what it means to you both and and driving that forward and and how everyone really rallied together um during <clears throat> during COVID-19 to help make a lot of those changes and a lot of those advancements um I I know this goes uh, really without saying for all of our listeners as well as those of us here on the call today that um the sites are really at the the center of everything that all of us do here um and it's uh, that the COVID-19 vaccine development program I'm sure it sounds like it was no exception um to that mentality so again uh, thank you and applaud you for maintaining that perspective um 
I, I'd ask now, what has distilled out that you believe will be important for the future of clinical research? This is uh, looking back, right? What things, what new changes and, and things that we had 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 to adjust to that will be um, good for us as we continue to move forward? Mm. So, you know, I think um, I think we've learned a lot this year and, and we can talk more about what that looks like moving into the future. But I think, you know, looking back at the last year, there's been a lot of the practical implications. You know, how do you monitor data at a site when you can't be on site because we're trying to protect, protect the others who are there? You know, those bits and pieces. But I think the other thing for me, you know, having worked, and it's been, it's been a shift that we've seen coming, but we've really recognized it through the COVID-19 vaccine programs as well, is that we have to represent the populations who are going to be um, most, who are most impacted by the disease that we're studying or the disease we're looking to treat or prevent. You know, making sure that we represent the, you know, the most highly impacted populations. And if that's the minority populations, you know, making sure that we're really building networks um, to, to be able to reach the right folks so that we are, you know, we're, we're, we're representing. So looking at not only building out diversity, but understanding how we can reach into underserved communities. You know, do we have do we have sites in all of the right places, or is there more that we can do to really build out those networks so that we have a truly, you know, kind of a truly, a, a truly sort of global foot global footprint, or in the US, you know, a, a well distributed footprint into all of all of the right communities. And I think also there's also value in understanding how we work with at risk, you know, how we conduct our at risk studies. So that includes pediatric studies and all of the other um, at risk populations. How do we work that into our development cycle so that we are de risking at the right time, but also making sure that we're gathering the data that we need to be able to serve those populations as quickly as possible? So we've had a good opportunity to really, you know, look at that over the last year. I think we need to look more and, and work more towards the future to really represent in that space. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree more, Sarah. Great, thank you. Thank you for that. Again, yes, I completely agree with with where we're headed in the industry and, and the great work that we, we will continue to do. Um, as we begin to wrap things up, you know, again, thank you so much, but uh, I, I, I'll love to end on this question here, a positive outlook for us as we look to um, what, what the future looks like and what you two believe the future of clinical research will look like. Well, I think we have such an exciting opportunity ahead of us um, in terms of clinical research. I think, you know, as devastating as COVID is and, and has been, it's also afforded us a much greater understanding, or at least afforded the general public a much broader understanding of what clinical trials are and how important they are um, in developing medicines. And I think, you know, having, having shared that on a much broader scale, and there's that much greater understanding in, in the community, I think that that's, that's exciting for us in, in this industry, um, as we, we seek to, to run, you know, more trials, or at least that, you know, the trials that we've always run, but now there'll be a, a much more educated, um, population out there to to be able to to recruit from so i think i think that's that's an exciting part of of clinical research that that we can look forward to 
Um, but but Sarah, I, I mean, there's there's definitely there's there's no going back. That's that's for sure. So yeah. That is absolutely true. Yeah, there's no going back. And, and I agree. I mean, I think the visibility and understanding of, of the, you know, the world's perspective of what a clinical trial is, is, um, is, is completely new and different. It's not often that you see your work discussed on, on you know, kind of the, the national me media channels. Um, but yeah, there's no going back. We've got, um, we have so much opportunity now to learn from the way that we manage trials. And that includes the COVID vaccine trial. Um, so that we can forge, you know, new and more effective ways of working. We've um, we've talked a lot in, you know, through this discussion about the value of our relationship with our with our, with our clinical trial sites, and that is really central. So how do we take that and and continue to to build on the philosophy that we are better together? You know, the combined effort is is stronger than individual effort. Um, build on that, build on those partnerships, but also, you know, how do we use technology moving forward? We were forced, you know, our hand was forced somewhat by COVID. Um, last year, we had to look at ways to monitor remotely, access data remotely, you know, talk to our, uh, our, our science and clinical trial participants remotely. So how do we, we take that, take everything we've learned and use, you know, really leverage that moving forward? Um, so that's an important piece, and I think it's something we have to focus on. We have to focus on doing the right trials, having the right study visits. There's more that we can do there now, having understood, you know, what, what is truly important in terms of the data we need to gather. And then I think, you know, the last piece, we've talked a lot about our sites and we've talked a little bit about our study participants, but I think the other piece in, in the communication channel is really understanding the true value and keeping our clinical trial participants informed, making sure they feel invested in the clinical trial they're participating in, making sure they have a really good idea, a good understanding of what their path looks like. Um, I think clinical trial participants, and we've seen this, you know, um, we've seen this over and over again in the COVID vaccine space, but clinical trial participants can be our advocates, you know, they can reach into their communities, share their experience, um, and that will only help to strengthen the opportunity in clinical research and strengthen our ability to, to conduct the right, right trials to get medicines and vaccines to patients faster, which is ultimately what we're trying to do here. You're exactly right. It would be fantastic for us to be able to enable our patients and our sites to be their own advocates and to advocate on behalf of clinical research and, and really spread the word in their communities of what a positive experience they had and how rewarding it had been for them. Um, that is the ultimate experience we want to be able to provide those patients and those sites. So um, I think that's a, a brilliant way to end our talk here. So Sarah, Liz, thank you so much again for your time today. Thank you even more for your dedication to our patients and to our sites as they worked through the challenges of 2020 and they helped a great company like Pfizer develop um, amongst others, the vaccine that is starting to help get our planet um, on a path to um, a, a brighter future and, and come bring us out of the COVID-19 um, uh, pandemic. I, I realize that other parts of the world are continuing to struggle tremendously with COVID-19. So we're hopeful that as time goes on, we'll see, um, we'll see continued um, positive trending, but I do know that um, things are looking good for the United States. And that is in large part, thanks to the work that you and your great teams at Pfizer have done to help us advance. Um, so uh, I, I felt there was no better team to interview um, being such a strong partner with SCRS, um, an Eagle Award 
sponsor of choice from our clinical research sites and ones that developed um, a vaccine uh, that is proving very effective and very safe in uh, lightning speed. So thank you both so much for your time today. Well, thank you, Jimmy. It's been good to be here. Thank you. And again, a huge thanks to, to all of our sites that, that work with us day in, day out, because we couldn't do what we do without them. So thank you.